Welcome to the Stories We Don't Tell, a podcast about storytelling. So, I have a PhD. And I kind of feel like this is a hilarious joke. Like I shouldn't have it. I'm sitting in her office, the interim chair of the department. Her shelves filled equally of books and photos of either smiling children or handshaking adults. A desk between us, she tells me we are two peas in a pod, seeking refuge in intellectual thought. She says we are alike, she can tell, because we both carry around the same tough bravado. That it is clear that I too, just like her, had grown up an ignored child, surrounded by adults distracted by their own traumas. A feeling of barf comes from the pit of my stomach and rises to my throat, and I can taste bile, the flavor of acid. My mind is racing, and I am flooded with that familiar feeling of panic, spurred by memories that I had no idea she could see. My eyes and mouth corners downturn from the feeling of disgust, that this near stranger is comfortable enough to say such things, to me, at our place of work. I'm confused by this rushing feeling, I'm consumed by this rushing feeling that is only relieved with a hard sob session, and she tells me that I have to toughen up to make it in academia. I feel betrayed. Toughen up? Do you know what it took me to get here? Do you know what it'll take to continue? Coming from a very rural situation in Manitoba, where the person in high school who had the greatest potential wound up taking over ownership of his parents' towny gas station, I don't think much was expected of me. I never felt smart. I was never one of the people who tutored others. In fact, I was tutored, and mostly in math. So, Paula can't help you. <laughs> At one parent-teacher conference, my math teacher told my parents, with me in the room, that I just wasn't that smart. But I could be. If I didn't flirt with the boys so much. Fun fact, I was extremely shy and talked to almost no one in school. But some boys paid attention to me, and I was blamed for it. We were out for drinks after working on a conference paper together, my prof, his partner, and me. I feel so grown up, like even though I'm still a student, I somehow stumbled on the world of adulting. I dreamed of becoming friends with my professors, of having that academic pub type relationship where each of us are human and capable of being friends and colleagues. This particular evening, while we drink fancy cocktails at a piano bar, we talk and laugh on special, or sorry, that word's not even in here. We talk on topics of social theories and sci-fi TV. His partner, who I'd also recently become friends with, said she was tired and wanted to head home. But she didn't want to break up the fun, so my prof and I stay and keep talking and laughing and drink more. When it is time to leave, my prof and I head in the same direction. We live in the same neighborhood. We hug goodbye, something that seems normal enough in this new world of adult academic life. 
To hug a colleague even though there is an unbalanced power dynamic seems normal. It comes out of nowhere when he kisses me. My mind racing, a common thing for me when around academics who abuse authority. I try to figure out what is happening. We both have partners. Wait, does this matter? I don't want this kiss. Of course we are flirty, who isn't? But sexual contact goes beyond, making intention clear out of private thought. And the complete denial or ignorance of this power dynamic, he has control over how I might do in academia, in my career, in my future. Another betrayal, I think, with someone I trust not to make things complicated, to not make things about them, all while laying some claim to understand me, what I need or want. We continue to work together, though less so than before. My own reservations stuffed down for years in order to just continue. It only becoming clear to me in recent months just how inappropriate that was, how pissed off I am now. Toughen up. Do you know what it took for me to get here? Do you know what it'll take to continue? I'd say I was a B student in high school until someone mentioned to me near the end of grade 11 that the only grades that count are in grade 12. And that if you do well enough, <laughs> you can even get scholarships for university. So after never having tried before, I spent all of grade 12 studying. I graduated fourth in my high school class of roughly 125 people and managed to have my whole first year of university paid for. This publishing workshop is uninformative, I think. But shit gets stupid quickly rather than just boring. This prof, who admittedly has published dozens and dozens of books, is telling the 15 or so students that the key to success is to stop saying no. He makes deliberate eye contact with the women in the room. You need to say yes more. You need to say yes to everything, even if you don't want to. This was a few years ago, before Me Too snuck into daily conversation. I look around the room. Everyone seems uncomfortable, even the men. Seeming to mull over, we're all mulling over the possible meanings behind this guy's words. He continues. Women, you need to put off having children if you want to succeed in publishing, in academia. Though not personally, I'm not a child-rearing type. I had a friend who was pregnant and in this room. How the fuck could this guy tell us not to want the things we did? I raised my hand and said, um, as a sociology prof, I kind of assume you're familiar with gender dynamics. Um, and that things are not the same for everyone. Doesn't your wife stay home with the kids? Isn't that how you get everything done? It feels cathartic to say this to him, to defend choices of all kinds. He says these words out loud in 20 or 2000 fucking 14. And the problem? He's not altogether wrong. Women do have to make different and difficult choices in academia. Women are not raised to take the time that they need to hide from the world, to be successful in the mental athleticism that is academia. I had familial responsibilities too. My mom had asked me not to do a PhD, to not move away, to stay close to her, to take care of her. 
How dare he say we have to say yes more? Does he know at what costs? His ease of this comment ignores the complexity behind his words. And I leave the room convinced that I'm gonna drop out. Instead, I toil away for another three years and feel angry about this advice almost every day. Toughen up. Do you know what it took to get here? Do you know what it'll take to continue? Nearing the end of my undergrad, my department chair encouraged me to go for a master's degree. But that potential was stymied. My undergrad supervisor, thesis supervisor, said that they would not sign off on my submission because my writing was so bad. We had been working together for three years. They had never expressed any concern for my work before. The first of many academic-related panic attacks and self-doubt-a-thons ensued. Somehow I finished, but banished the idea of grad school from my mind until four years passed. Funding season. A major time to show just what you're made of. For the two-page research profile, it takes a minimum of six weeks of full-time work, which means putting everything else on hold. Paragraph one, succinct overview. Paragraph two, research question and plan. Paragraph three, methods and analysis. Paragraph four, why I deserve this. Writing and rewriting and editing. The 17-page accompanying documentation with resume, GPA, and other credentials to prove your worth. The three, level, three letters of reference. And the consequences of not getting research grants? Large grants beget other grants, large and small. It's an open secret that if some boards find your work valuable enough to give you money, then others are less critical when you apply thereafter. You've already proven yourself. I got numerous grants, but not the most coveted in my field, though I applied every year. My research was not very popular in Canada, not a hot topic. Soldiers wore trophy photography as something that solidifies us versus them. Another rejection letter, another time to drink and sit fully clothed in my bathtub. <laughs> Sometimes I filled the tub with water, and other times I had more sense to just get in without water, but you know. <laughs> the bathroom is a soothing place for me. This particular day I waited to open the letter until the end of the workday, being smart not to smear my productivity with potential disappointment. This whole day, however, I talked myself up, convincing myself that it was possible. This could be my time. And so I opened it and casually said to myself, don't be too upset if you don't get it. You're doing fine and you'll continue to do fine but secretly wishing and hoping. <clears throat> we had many applications this past round and we're impressed with all of them. We regret to inform you. In I go, tub unfilled, <laughs> with a bottle of my favorite potato vodka. I'm crying, hard sobs, feeling yet another year of disappointing myself. After a while, my face and my eyes hurt and I stop I look at the brocade wallpaper. It looks like broccoli art, and it gives me a bit of relief for a second. I run my hand on the cool smooth smoothness of the tub. The ping sound is loud and echoes each time I place the bottle back down to the bottom of the tub. I'm tough. Fuck you, I'll get through this. I reach that point where I cry myself calm 
and that also with the dulling sensation of booze. I'm once again sardonic and sarcastic instead of sad Joey. I've been doing this PhD for years now, and every day I awake fresh with unrealistic hope to accomplish more than is possible in a single day. I take a long swig and say to myself, Today is the day I finish my PhD. I laugh uncontrollably at the idiocy of this statement. How is it even possible with so much left to do before any real chance at finishing? But it somehow becomes a mantra and I say this to myself for over two years, every day, particularly when I feel so bogged down with responsibility and deadlines and innumerable tasks. Today is the day I finish my PhD. That day quietly came, August 31st, 2017, my new birthday. <laughs> this PhD matters to me because I can't believe that I actually finished it. It took seven years. The markers I have of it are as follows. Four sole authored publications, the highest achievement in all forms of academic publishing, two of which are in top tier journals and in international, in international journals in my field, an academic who shaped my thinking even cited me. I taught academic writing to other grad students for the last few years of my PhD, which is a great fuck you to my undergrad uh, advisor. I won best student paper at a prestigious conference a few years ago. I've done research in five countries, even though I didn't win those, that major grant. I did manage to get a pile of money over nine years. But all of this doesn't matter, because at this level, everyone has professional stats like these. I did lose a lot. Consider these Joey stats on the things that I had to say bye, goodbye to. A dear love of my life in the form of a sarcastic, miserably lovable cat. I had six apartments, one in another country, 10 different coffee shops and five local pubs. <laughs> 84 eggs that resulted in menstrual cycles. A body once fully healthy, I now have three lifelong illnesses all invisible, all manageable, but deeply frustrating at points. I gave up a livable wage and instead took home a net of thirteen dollars to $19,000 each year after tuition was paid. I said goodbye to, a, to yeah, 130,000 written words that didn't make it into the final version of the dissertation. Yeah. <laughs> I've missed many important moments in my family, to my family. I had three primary relationships. One was polyamorous, and so I also had three other lovers and one non-sexual life partner. I have none of these relationships now, and I'd be lying if I said that the PhD had nothing to do with this. All considered, I had to say goodbye to the whole lifestyle of academia. I hated who I'd become in this environment and who I was surrounded by. The things we were expected to do, expected to be, Toughen up? No. I smartened up and walked away. That was that was Joey Jacob, everyone. Yes, and it's wonderful. She's been on the podcast before. We always um, enjoy having her back. Yeah. Uh, and so, and uh, thank you for everyone who's letting, letting us use our, the stories as always. Uh, in case you are jumping into this, uh, into this 
series of stories in uh, uh, in random order. Uh, what we're doing here is we're taking stories from our event, uh, playing them up, and then and then creating or turning them into prompts for your writing. Uh, we're trying to encourage more folks to get some writing, in part because we are launching this digital LGP, which is a writing group for people online uh, at some point in the future. Uh, and so we're sort of giving examples of what of what types of prompts and ways to think about uh, using other people's writings to inspire your own. Um, and, and Joey's here is a, is a good example, as you just mentioned, uh, off mic, Paul, uh, about time and how and how one how it's important to actually, I think, challenge yourself to to write about time or write uh, in a way that understands how one can use time. Yeah, because, um, you know, we've helped a lot of people uh, with with their stories for to come to the event to, to go through the workshops and so on. And and something especially for people that like this is maybe a new uh, experience or they're doing this for the first time, something that we've noticed over time ah. is um, is that people feel, I don't know what it is, maybe it's insecurity, maybe it's like they want to make sure they're understood what the, you know, what the story is about. But if they're like, this is the story I want to tell, they tend to want to explain um, that story, but like also half of their life. Well, yeah, it, leading it, up to that story. Well, or 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 the uh, particularly, I feel like it's an, a common struggle to be like, if something started five years ago, y- y- how we as humans tell stories, I feel like, or or are used to telling a thing, is just telling chronologically the whole thing. Um, which means that the longer the time period you are you are trying to talk about, the longer your story becomes, right. um, almost by default, because you keep wanting to add in each little piece to keep going forward and forward and forward. And obviously, Joey's story is a good example of you can actually take many many years of your life, uh, you know, the, your entire PhD, for example, uh, and and find a way to condense it into a into a seven ten minute story that that it that that, that has punch that that is felt uh, and that still still conveys the the true experience of that whole time. Yes, because you want to, um, you know, you want to be able to uh, focus, like find that focus of the story that you that you do want to tell in that long, you know, over if it's a long period of time and um, just be very careful and and with, um, you know, which details you choose, which what you want to talk about and how, you know, trying to keep it all sort of focused around one uh, one thing. Yeah, this may be even more of an editing prompt than it is a, a writing prompt. Right. Uh, in that, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the encouragement would be to write something about an, something that took an extended period of time uh, and try to stay true to the theme, you know, and then cut it down. Try to, you know, start something longer and then find a way to stay true to a theme, you know, to get it down to a, you know, to whatever length you're trying to go for. Um, without losing the sort of the sort of thrust of your story, um, and so that's the that's the challenge this week. I always say, subscribe to the Stories We Don't Tell podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on iTunes. For more information about the podcast, blog, and live events, find us on Facebook or visit storieswedonttell.org. This episode of the Stories I Don't Tell podcast is brought to you by Fire, Fire, Fire. Thumbs down emoji. <laughs>